the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Relax, it's manufactured. Yeah, don't worry about that crisis on the border. It's manufactured. And how do I know this? Well, everybody in the Democratic Party is saying it. Everybody in the non-Fox media, which is the same thing, is saying it. Tucker Carlson did a great job of showing how this just might be a plan last night on his show. Here are some Democrats, and you'll hear Nancy and Ed in here among these people. All state that this is a manufactured crisis and a crisis that uh, manufactured by the Trump administration. This is a manufactured crisis, Bill. How he manufactures crises like immigrants seeking legal refuge. What the president is doing is manufacturing a crisis. President Trump must stop holding the American people hostage, must stop manufacturing a crisis. This president just used the backdrop of the Oval Office to manufacture a crisis. Well, for the Democrats uh, to have an organized plan and a talking point is one thing, but what does it say when everybody in the media saying the same thing? Folks, the president has manufactured one heck of a political crisis for himself. Donald Trump is manufacturing a national security crisis. You will hear them say is that this is a manufactured crisis. It's not a national security crisis. From Nancy Pelosi down to Debbie Wasserman Schultz or anybody else who will give him a dime for this project. Because it's manufactured. It's a manufactured crisis for the president to get a political win. We have a president who will go on TV tonight and lie and lie and lie some more. This is a manufactured crisis. Uh, did you get the point there? It's manufactured. And by the way, uh, speaking of a crisis, I think Barack Obama might have said something about one uh, a crisis back in 2014. We now have an actual humanitarian crisis on the border that only underscores the need to drop the politics and fix our immigration system once and for all. In recent weeks, we've seen a surge of unaccompanied children arrive at the border, brought here and to other countries by smugglers and traffickers. The journey is unbelievably dangerous for these kids. The children who are fortunate enough to survive it will be taken care of while they go through the legal process, but in most cases that process will lead to them being sent back home. I've sent a clear message to parents in these countries not to put their kids through this. Yeah, that was about four and a half years ago, and it was Barack Obama. I I think uh, Donald Trump should just... He should carry some kind of a video machine with him or even just his iPad and just every once in a while when he runs into the media, just hold up the iPad, push the, the play button and play that soundbite or soundbite like it from Barack Obama. Uh, the president uh, went to the border today and both sides are still going back and forth. I don't know about you, but I don't care if the shutdown lasts until Election Day 2020. And coming up at uh, 515, we'll have Joe Conch of the Hill here to talk about how the media are handling this non-crisis. And speaking of 2020, um, apparently it's still okay to be an old white guy. At least it seems to be if you're a Democrat interested in running for president. Evan Halper of the L.A. Times wrote a piece, and this, this is the headline. If Democrats are looking for fresh new faces, why are these septuagenarian white guys so popular? Now, notice that he had to throw in the word white there, by the way. Apparently there are two septuagenarian black guys, or no septuagenarian black guys, I should say, uh, uh, interested in being president. But Joe Biden's interested. Right now he's the most popular choice, according to some polls. Joe will be 78 years old a, day, a few days before the 2020 election. Then there's Bernie Sanders, who's going to be 79 a couple of months before the 2020 election. Maybe they'll be the 2020 ticket for the Democrats. Halper points out that the third most popular guy is Beto O'Rourke, who he points out isn't old, but he's, you know, white. Then there's Elizabeth Warren, who's not a woman and not a septuagenarian. I think she's 60-something, but she's white. Well, except for that 0.000008% Cherokee. But Bernie and Joe probably have that much Native American blood. 
Uh, so it's not going to make an issue. That won't be a factor. And Halper points out that the media are still going with the notion that it can't be a white man running for president on the Democrat ticket. A guy named Harry Enton did a flattering report about Sherrod Brown. He's the senator from Ohio, Ohio who's considered a, a possible candidate. And he ended the report with another white male. I don't think this is a time to nominate a white male. Well, here's my pick for the Democrats in 2020. Are you ready? Jimmy Carter. He's white and he's real old. And you know what? He has four more years of eligibility. We'll be right back. The following is a true story. My name is David Bryant. When I was 37, my wife and I decided to get term life insurance through SelectQuote. Just three years later, I was diagnosed with ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Because of life insurance, the people I love most in this world will be protected no matter what happens to me. I know that the dreams I have for my family can still come true. Financial security, to stay in the home we became a family in, and for our children to be able to go to college. I reached out to SelectQuote because I wanted to share my story. If just one person purchases life insurance, I know I will have made a difference. SelectQuote can find a 37-year-old male a $500,000 policy for under a dollar a day. If there are people you care about, you need life insurance. It may be the single most important financial decision of your life. Don't put off protecting your family. Get your free quote now. Call 800 671 That's 800-671-7070. 800-671-7070. Or go to selectquote.com. This is a paid endorsement. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Not available in all states. Hi, it's Hugh for PatriotMobile.com. Patriot Mobile wants to know, what's your New Year's resolution? Why not find a better fit for your values? Big Mobile funds the big left. Donates to causes like Planned Parenthood. Patriot Mobile does just the opposite. They donate to conservative causes every time you pay your bill. Wouldn't you rather fund pro-life, religious freedom, and Second Amendment right groups with every call you make? It's easy to switch to Patriot Mobile. Most people save money, and they know that their hard-earned dollars are working to make America great again. Bring your own phone, keep your own phone number, buy a new phone, whatever it takes. Now is the time. Make the New Year's resolution to stop spending money with companies that contradict your values. Plus, visit them online at PatriotMobile.com forward slash you to get your activation fee waived. Or mention Hugh when you call 1-800-A-PATRIOT. That's 1-800-A-PATRIOT. Make a New Year's resolution today. Join the revolution. PatriotMobile.com forward slash you. 1-800-A-PATRIOT. Mention Hugh. Get the activation fee waived. Switch to Patriot Mobile today. The IRS finally caught up with Louie. I hadn't paid my taxes in eight years. I owed the IRS a lot of money. Louie was in deep trouble. We're going to take your house, put a lien on your bank account, uh, garnish your pay. They don't care. They're going to take your paycheck. Louie found out about Optima Tax Relief, the leading tax resolution firm. A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau, they've resolved over a half billion dollars for their clients. Optima Tax, they helped me. They calmed me down. They made me feel comfortable and I trust them. Louie has a lot to be thankful for. I don't owe the IRS anymore and i'm able to live a comfortable life a lot better life it was because of optimal tax for tax help you can trust call optima now for a free consultation take it from louis if you owe the rs don't go on alone give optimal tax a call they can help you call 800-748-5713 800-748-5713 optimal tax relief Testimonial from an actual client. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. The average person considers estate planning just for the wealthy. Attorney Michelle Conti, host of Conti's Law on estate planning for the everyday person. There's a lot that goes into it. People take more time picking out what car they're going to buy, where they're going to go to dinner, as opposed to what happens to my children. The state will dictate who gets what if you don't indicate who is to receive your stuff upon your passing. We want to make sure we plan appropriately so that they get the best of both worlds. They continue to receive the benefit and they get the inheritance. The other thing you have to think about is tax planning. We tried to be proactive in the approach that we minimize any type of tax consequence when somebody dies, depending on the value of the estate. These taxes range anywhere from 45 to 40%. So we try to make sure that the beneficiary will receive as much as they legally are able to. Hear more on Conti's Law, Sunday morning at 8.30, here on The Answer. For immediate help, visit ContiLawPGH.com. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. Well, our plan was to talk to Joe Concha of the Hill uh, right now about the media coverage of the wall. And uh, we're having a little trouble getting hold of him. So um, I'll go to something I was going to talk about later. Um, and it, this is uh, it's a little sports issue. Um, I think it's a good one. It's been one that I've been it's one that I've been talking about for a long time. Um, 
especially this all this all came to a head, I guess, because of the national championship game Monday night. You had uh, Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence, who's a freshman, and he had a really good game. And Clemson did what nobody, not very many people, expected him to do, which was to blow out Alabama. And he had a really good game. Now, I thought that there was a certain amount of hysteria involved in uh, in the reaction to that, and I think that um, that's what led to what this, this discussion that I'm about to get to here. Uh, I don't. I think he was. I mean, look, he's a true freshman, and he played a great game against a really good team on national TV. He had all kinds of poise. He looked great, um, but I, I just didn't think that. I, I thought it was a great performance for a freshman, and a, just a great performance in general. But it wasn't like um, uh, there were people saying, you know, that the, if they let him go into the draft, he'd be drafted right now. He'd be a number one pick, and I just thought that was a little bit over the top, uh, some hysteria. So. Uh, lo and behold, somebody named Nancy Armour, writing, writing for the um, for USA Today, uh, she said that it's uh, that's USA Today. Um, or this reporter Armour says that Trevor Lawrence's uh, uh, performance is just more proof that the college players should be paid, and she, of course, being a liberal. Um, decides that a judge should force the colleges to pay for uh, these athletes, and and I think she's insane. Now, here's the here, I mean, look, the argument that people make it's hard to argue against in some ways uh, because you see the money that's generated by the games, you understand that they're not being paid, and coaches are making four, five, six, seven, eight million dollars a year. I don't I don't know what. Um, uh, Saban is up to at Alabama. I think it's eight or nine million a year, maybe more. Um, but they get they don't get paid anything except the college education, which, uh, uh, she points out, Clemson uh, costs fifty thousand dollars a year. So if you go to Clemson, uh, it's going to cost you two hundred thousand dollars for four years. So she says that uh, Trevor Lawrence might finally be the NCAA's undoing. The freshman has already led Clemson to one national title title, and is likely to add one or two more before he's done. He'll give the Tigers an untold amount of positive PR to say nothing of the actual millions he'll generate for the school. Now, she goes on to say uh, he's getting a free education, as I said, 50000 bucks a year, uh, you know, 200000 bucks, and another $100,000 to cover the cost of coaches, training, blah, blah, blah. But she says the, the drumbeat for college athletes getting paid in some fashion has gotten louder in recent years, and it's about to become a roar with Lawrence. I disagree with it. I mean, this kid's a good player, but he's not, it's not somebody to you know um, destroy college football because he's this, uh, an example of a kid who should be paid 100000 bucks a year. Um, so for the next three years, every game Clemson plays, every spectacular play Lawrence makes will be a reminder that while the audits – Adults, I should say, in the NCAA system are getting rich. The kids who make it all possible are not. This is a, an argument you hear everywhere, and it's to me, it's uh, irrelevant how much how much the colleges are making. The here's the deal: the colleges are offering an education, and it it'll be free to you if you'd like to come here and play football. You don't have to come here and play football. You can go. You can try to get into the NFL. They won't let you in, and that's an NFL issue, not a college issue. But you can try to get into the NFL if you're good enough. And there, how many high school kids are going to be good enough to go right to the NFL? Or um, you can go play baseball and um, you know become a center fielder instead of a quarterback, uh, like the kid from Oklahoma who's going to be drafted a number one in, in both. Okay, and and so you can do that. If you like, but if you don't want to go to college for free and play football, don't go. Get somebody to pay you cash. You know who does that? Pro football leagues. There's only one of those, a major one. I'll get to that in a minute, though, because that's going to change. It's the NFL. So uh, she says here, even though those who recoil at the idea of paying college athletes are going to be very uncomfortable at the idea uh, of the uh, the coach getting six million dollars a year while his telegenic what, what that has to do with anything the kid's got shoulder length hair and she's thinking he's telegenic what that has to do with it, I don't know but 
Uh, he'll make $6 million a year, and his telegenic quarterback can't even get royalties from the number 16 jerseys that will become a staple in the wardrobe of every Tigers fan. Uh, and this and this is this is the amazing thing that she writes. This isn't this is in USA Today, by the way. This isn't an argument for the NFL to open its doors to underclassmen. That's a non-starter. Why is that a non-starter? Why just if he's good enough to go to the NFL, just go. That's where they pay people. If you play for a college, they don't pay you. They give you a free education. If you go to the NFL, they give you money. So it's it's the NFL not get a judge to do something about the NFL's um, monopoly, uh, but you know that's a non-starter, and the courts have shown no inclination to force the NFL to change its rule. So she wants to get the, the courts to ch- make um, colleges pay kids to play, and she says besides, unlike the NBA or Major League Baseball, there are physiological reasons for players to stay in college through their junior year. You know what they call that in baseball and hockey? While you're, you know, growing as a player, just as and your ability as a player, but also actually physically growing, they call it the minor leagues. That's what baseball and hockey has, and 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 um, college football has become that for the National Football League. But that's that's not an issue that um, a judge needs to get involved in. That's uh, seems to me like it's a um, it's a voluntary exchange. Uh, free market exchange. I'm a football player. I can go play for you. How about you give me a free education? Okay. Both sides agree. You go do it. What does, what's the difference after you've made that deal, how much money the college makes for selling tickets to your games or for putting your games on TV? Um, but that's she says that's not an excuse for the NCAA and its member institutions to take advantage of these student-athletes, which is exactly what they are doing. Sweeney got a 250000 Swinney, I should say. That's the... Um, the Clemson coach got a two hundred fifty thousand dollar bonus for winning Monday night's title game, bringing his total for the season to at least eight hundred and seventy five thousand. In the past three years alone, he's earned two point nine million in bonuses. His players have gotten souvenir T shirts and bowl swag that, if they're lucky, include some gift cards and electronics. The Alabama players did get personalized bobbleheads at the Orange Bowl. Uh, the inequity in the current NCAA system has always been glaring, but Lawrence is going to make it impossible to ignore. This this is so insane and so hysterical for this woman to think that one player, uh, Trevor Lawrence, first of all, he's good, he's great, even he's not that good that it's gonna that that he's that the NFL is going to be beating down his door to get him to play there. He, he had a good game, but he also had really good receivers, and he had his receivers make a couple of really good catches, and I didn't see him have to make a lot of really difficult throws. So um, I don't get the I just don't get the hysteria over him. I think he's obviously he's a freshman, so whatever he did is great. He's just being a freshman, a true freshman, and doing it is a, is a tremendous accomplishment. So uh, she says, allow pri- players to profit off their names, images, and likenesses. She goes into a long ordeal here about uh, how you can put the money in a, in a uh, trust fund and blah, blah, blah. What I don't get is, why does it need to be that complicated? Just tell Trevor Lawrence to go knock on the NFL's door and say, hey, you know what? I know I'm only, uh, I've only played one year of college football. I'm ready. Let me in. I want to play right now. Uh, and, and the NFL says no, then file a, um, uh, an antitrust suit against them. But here's the, here's the good thing that I think is coming. And, and no, not many people will take this seriously, but I do. And I love this. Uh, the XFL. Do you remember the XFL with "He Hate Me" and uh, and all that stuff and the and the um, you know that was a, it was a, it was a joke is what it was. It could have been something good, but it it just they tried so hard to make it different. And um, it was like uh, Vince McMahon from the WWE was the guy who was involved, so it was promoted like wrestling. But Oliver Luck, this is no dummy. Oliver Luck, I believe, was a Rhodes Scholar, a former NFL quarterback, and a quarterback at West Virginia. And listen to what he says here. He said, Oliver Luck says the XFL will consider taking players before eligible for the NFL draft. The people are upset about this. People are actually saying, this, what, what, what do you mean? These kids will leave school before they're finished and go play for money? Yeah, that's the idea. Uh, it says here, Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence, there he is again, can't play in the NFL until at least 2021. But he'd potentially have an option to become a pro a year earlier if he wanted. XFL Commissioner Oliver Luck 
has openly suggested that the league, will be, which will begin play in 2020, could become a safe haven for players who, are you ready for this, don't want to spend three years in college for whatever reason. Now, here's something I've never understood. Well, I understand why, but I think it's stupid. Why is uh, a football player's ability, or a basketball player's ability in most cases, why is that tied to his ability to understand Chaucer or, uh, you know, dissect the frog? Not that they're taking those kind of courses in college anymore, but why is there? Why is his academic ability in any way tied to his ability to make money? Does anybody know what Sidney Crosby got on his uh, uh, college boards? How about Mario Lemieux? How about Andrew McCutcheon, who... who um, is, I think he just signed a $50 million uh, contract with the Phillies, but he was with the Pirates when he was 18 years old, and he wasn't, an, a, wasn't a college kid. He was off earning money, playing baseball. Nobody, uh, the Major League Baseball didn't say he had to stay in school till he was uh, 20 years old or through, uh, after his sophomore year. So um, Oliver Luck has said that the upstart league is going to do it, and they're, they're going to they're um, pay players. He says, theoretically, we could take a player right out of high school. I doubt we'll do that, uh, noting the difference in physical development between an 18-year-old and a 24- to 25-year-old. But I wouldn't rule it out, nor would I rule out taking a player who played a year of college football and, let's say, isn't eligible academically, which happens. How about that? Or a player who is two years out of college and is transferring would have, have to sit out a year. A lot of guys don't want to sit out a year. We are in that position to be able to take players who wouldn't be eligible to play in the NFL. But that's an option that we have, and we're going to look at it long and hard. What is so shocking about that? A league starts, and they're, they're going to say, hey, we have a league over here. We're not the NFL. They're in eight cities. They're in Dallas, um, New York, San Francisco, I think, um, maybe Philadelphia. I don't have it in front of me here where they are. Um, but they're, it's, a, it's an actual football league. And they're going to they're going to have money to pay players, and where are they going to get their players from college? Uh, and they're and maybe uh, Trevor Lawrence says, "Hey, you know what? I think they have a team in Las Vegas. I, I I think I'll go. I think I can go play for Las Vegas next year, and I don't have to worry about going to class." And here's the thing: if they pay you money to play at Las Vegas in the XFL, and you're a college student, and you drop out of college, that'll pay for a lot of night school. If you really really want to go to school. You can, go, you can go pay your own tuition. Uh, Luck, Luck says the league will pay salaries in the $250,000 to $300,000 range for top players. That would be a five-month commitment. Is that okay? If you're uh, Trevor Lawrence and you're, you're uh, out of high school one year, and then you say, let's see, let me make a decision here. Uh, do I want to go back to Clemson and have to go to class? Uh, or do I want to become a full-time football player? And maybe I'm not ready to get two hundred and fifty to three hundred thousand. But you know, maybe they want to pay me—I don't know—sixty thousand dollars a year to make a living instead of going to college. Now, again, I can take that sixty thousand, and I can—I don't know—go to night school or enroll in college and go to class when the when the XFL season is over. That's the answer. To th- this is the answer. The XFL is the answer to all the complaints. And so many of my friends in the media are so quick to say that these players should be paid in college. They shouldn't be paid a nickel. They should have a place to go like the XFL to be paid lots of money. And if you're a star, and, and believe me, believe me, if you watched the Alabama-Clemson game the other night, Monday night, uh, Trevor Lawrence was really good. There were a lot of other really good players there. Uh, some of them freshmen, more than a more than a few, I think freshmen. Uh, they're not just good; they're good enough to go tomorrow and play. Well, the, the league doesn't start till twenty twenty, but believe me, they're good enough to play in the XFL in twenty twenty, and maybe they'll make a hundred thousand bucks a year. So, uh, let's just forget about whining about players being played and the media and everybody, and forget about getting a judge. Uh, if there's going to be any judge, have him uh, have somebody file a suit against the NFL for uh, antitrust. So when we come back, we're going to talk about free health care in New York City. And could they do it in Pittsburgh? Stick around. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. President Trump was at the U.S.-Mexico border for a briefing from Border Patrol officials with one telling him they need the border wall. We've got 
the personnel, we need the technology, we need the resources, we need the infrastructure in order to control this border and manage it. Part of our area is covered with some fencing on our east side. That accounts for about 6% of our traffic. Where we have no fencing, over 90% of our traffic occurs in those areas. The president was in McAllen, Texas, a day after his confrontation with Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi over funding for the wall. The two sides are in a stalemate and a partial government shutdown has ensued. Taking a look at the Wall Street numbers, the Dow Jones Industrial Average up by 123 points today to close at 24,001. The Nasdaq rose by 29 and the S&P advanced 12. This is SRN News. Hey guys, Ken here from the hit podcast, Today's Growth. Who would win a three-mile bicycle race, an 11-year-old girl or last year's winner of the Tour de France? It all depends on the bicycle. It depends on their vehicle. Both on a 10-speed and the pro racer is going to win every time. But put the racer on a tricycle and the 11-year-old wins every time. You see, it's not the driver, it's the vehicle. When it comes to generating revenue, it's exactly the same. If you have a job or a small business, you are riding a tricycle. You can only go so fast. If you need to make up lost ground, it's not going to happen on a tricycle. No matter how fast you pedal, it's simply not going to win the race. Why do many people with no schooling and no advanced degree often become very wealthy? Simple. They choose to only ride 10 speeds. When it comes to helping people create their next revenue model, both Forbes and Inc. recommend Income Store as a can't-miss when it comes to putting people on a 10-speed. Could your household or business use an additional revenue model that doesn't solely depend on you? If so, you need to check out IncomeStore.com. That's IncomeStore.com. Let's face it, we love Alexa, and we love to let her find your favorite radio station. This one, of course. We love it, too, when she finds us. But she could find us easier if we taught her a simple skill. To get started, simply say, Alexa, enable the answer Pittsburgh skill. After she confirms, you can then say, Alexa, play the answer Pittsburgh. That's all you have to do, and Alexa will learn how to find us. You can listen to us through your Amazon Echo, Echo Show, Echo Dot, and Amazon Tap devices. Alexa, what is your favorite radio station? That's easy. AM 1250, the answer. Are you about to pay double for new windows, siding, or doors? If you haven't called Windows R Us, you just might. Many companies are overcharging area homes and businesses nearly double. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, gutters, siding doors, and, of course, windows. Windows R Us will never overcharge. You'll love their no-pressure approach, straightforward pricing, and the fastest turnaround in the business. Right now, get zero interest for 12 months and up to $20,000 on new vinyl, fiberglass, or wood windows. With options like triple-pane glass and names like Pella, no hidden fees or surprises ever. Your no-loophole lifetime warranty covers everything, including glass breakage, at no additional cost. Mention AM1250 with your free estimate for an exclusive 10% off. Why pay double? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company, WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. The Original Mattress Factory's mission is simple. We hand-build quality mattresses in our local factories. We sell those mattresses directly to our customers so we can eliminate the middleman, saving you hundreds of dollars compared to mainstream brands. While the other guys have their gimmicks, the Original Mattress Factory has a straightforward approach and is committed to quality and doing what's best for our customers. It's what we've done for almost 30 years. Go to OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. Great beds, no bull. That is the Original Mattress Factory difference. Quality products plus factory direct prices equals great value. Mattresses that are designed with better materials. Mattresses that are hand-built in local factories. Mattresses that cost hundreds less than the mainstream mattress brands. Now I know what you're thinking. This all sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it isn't. Stop by one of our factory locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made, honestly priced. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Delays on the Parkway West. We've got an accident on the inbound side near Ridge Road. It's off to the shoulder. Jump up starts at Montour Run Road. Outbound heavy Banks Hill Road to Green Tree. Parkway East delays outbound from Forbes Avenue to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. And inbound 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Seeing some delays as well on outbound 28. Some volume Chestnut Street to the 48th Street Bridge. And Route 8 to the Highland Park Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250. The answer. Weather. Cloudy and very cold tonight with some flurries around early on tonight. The low 18 degrees. Tomorrow, clouds will break for some sunshine. High 31. Partly to mostly cloudy tomorrow night. Low 16 to 20. 
Then for Saturday, we'll have some snow at times in the afternoon and night, accumulating 1 to 3 inches by Saturday 32. I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle on AM 1250, The Answer. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. How about free health care for everybody in Pittsburgh? Hey, they're going to do it in New York. That's what the mayor, Bill de Blasio, said just the other day. And it's a plan to guarantee health care for every New Yorker. Um, Doug Badger is a visiting fellow at the Heritage Foundation, and his expertise is in health care. He was an advisor to the White House, the U.S. Senate, the Department of Health and Human Services, and the Social Security Administration. Uh, he's served as a special assistant to the president on the National Economics Council, where he advised President George Bush on health-related matters. Seems like a guy who should know a little bit about this, uh, and he joins us now. Doug, thanks for being here. Thank you, John. So, uh, <laughs> a plan to guarantee health care for every New Yorker. Who could be against that? Well, I'll tell you, I, Mayor de Blasio may have come up with the answer for universal health care for the country. Here's the math. There are 600,000 uninsured people in New York City. Mayor de Blasio says that for $100 million, he can, he can insure all 600,000 people. Now, there's a lot of zeros in those two figures, so let me do the math. He would insure 600,000 people at $167 Per head. Now, if he's got a way to provide coverage for $167 per person per year, we can insure the whole country for less than it costs us for the Medicare program. I think maybe uh, there's something a little funny with these numbers. Well, don't um, uh, most plans like this, whether it be uh, even going all the way back to Social Security and Medicare, don't they tend to cost a little more than the people like de Blasio who make it sound so great say it will? Sure. Yeah, of course they do. There's always cost overruns. But usually you can say the number with a straight face. I mean, think about $167 per person for insurance for a year. Uh, you, you know, you couldn't insure your dog for that amount. So uh, I, I just think the, 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 the numbers are largely made out. They, they, you know, he's got a program already in New York uh, insuring uh, a whole bunch of uninsured people, and that it costs about 7300 a year per person. So the idea that he can pick up uh, this group of people at $167 per, I think, is a little bit suspect. So why, when a public official, especially somebody as important as the mayor of New York, throws something like this out, why is he not laughed off the stage? Because he's not. He hasn't been. It's been. Uh, I'm looking at a piece for, on Vox, uh, and, it's, and they're, they're thrilled. They think it's, you know, it's about time. This is going to fix everything. It's great. What, where, yeah, where? I mean, the, it's, it's the, old, uh, the old thing where you sell the sizzle, not the steak, right? So he goes on. MSNBC's morning show and announces he's going to insure everybody in New York City and he's not going to have to raise taxes to do it. And people don't stop and look at the proposal and see how absurd it actually is. Uh, they're uh, caught up in the politics of this. Look, any Democrat worth his or her salt today has to be for government-run universal coverage so if you're the mayor of new york city you're gonna do it um if, you know, in your budget if you're the governor of california you're going to announce that you're going to put a whole bunch of um, uh, illegal immigrants on medi-cal uh, all of these guys are doing this for political purposes but when you actually look at the proposals uh they don't seem to hold up to scrutiny and uh, I would think that Mayor de Blasio is, he seems to me to be the type of guy who would not be shy about running for president someday. And this would be a good start for him. Well, look, put it this way, it's the price of entry. Uh, if you're going to run for president as a Democrat in, in 2020, you've got to be for uh, universal government-run health care. So if you're the mayor of New York City, one way to get into the race is to say, well, I'm doing it for everybody in my city. Elect me president, I'll do it for everybody in the country. 
We're talking to Doug Badger. He's the uh, a visiting fellow at the Heritage Foundation, expert on uh, health care and health savings accounts, which I think is a uh, the idea. But anyway, um, Doug, you worked uh, in government a lot and, and been around a lot of politicians. And what I always wonder when I see stuff like this is Bill de Blasio really that naive or that dumb or is he that cynical? Does he know that it won't work? You know, you, I'm, I'm just talking about politicians in general. Do they have a, have a habit of doing this kind of stuff, knowing that it's, it's ridiculous, but not caring and, and figuring that, it, that as long as it sells, I won't have to worry about it five years from now when it goes down the toilet? Yeah, I think there's, a, there's an element of that. Look, I mean, this is something that he announces right out of the chute. He's running for re-election as mayor this year. So, uh, you know, this is, this is part of that campaign. And, you know, in two or three weeks, when more of the details come out about exactly what he's proposing, and it comes out that maybe it's a little less than meets the eye, my, my guess is there won't be a lot of national media attention to this. People will have seen the articles or, or seen on television that Mayor de Blasio is insuring everybody in New York and doing it without raising taxes. And so, you know, for a lot of Democratic voters, they'll have a, a favorable impression of them, and they'll never really s- stick around for the sequel when the details of this roll out and we find out eh, it's not really all that it's cracked up to be. Yeah, and New York is New York. I mean, it's uh, it's the biggie. It's the Big Apple. So if you can sell New York on the idea, why shouldn't uh, Bill Peduto, the mayor of Pittsburgh, come out tomorrow and say, hey, New York can do it, we can do it. And by the way, I, I think everybody knows that just about every city in America is run by a Democrat. Yeah, that's right. And and again, I think that, look, if I actually believed that he had a plan to provide insurance to people for $167 a head, I'd want to know about that. And I think your <laughs> listeners would like to know sure. about that. Good gravy. We pay more than that in a month uh, for, our, uh, for our health insurance. So... Um, you know, you pay more than that per month for Medicare. So, you know, um, I, I think that maybe your mayor uh, would maybe take a, a little bit closer look at this before uh, he went out and announced something like it, because I, I don't think he can deliver on, on this promise, even if it's a good idea. We're leaving aside for na- for the now the fact that of the 600000 that he wants to put into this program, an estimated 300000 roughly half of them, are not lawfully present in the United States. Undocumented. And that raises yeah. a whole other question of, you, do we really want to say to, um, to that we're going to give free health care to folks who uh, are not lawfully present in the country? And uh, do you know what what taxes uh, would pay for this? Is it, is, uh, in, it's not an income tax. It would be sales tax. Where, where does well, the money... Well, that's the interesting thing. That's the other miracle here. He says no increase in taxes. Yeah. What he's saying is that by uh, getting these 600,000 people on the program, they're not going to go to hospital emergency rooms where the costs are much higher. And so city hospitals that are currently seeing all these people in emergency rooms will save money because there'll be fewer emergency room visits. And those savings will pay for and in insurance it's the he's invented the perpetual motion machine right mm-hmm. right needs no energy it runs forever and <laughs> it's it's just not uh it's not plausible well and if you if i'm an undocumented immigrant and i'm living in schenectady i'm heading for new york city uh, wouldn't that be a good idea for me you bet i mean you're living upstate new york you're living in new jersey you're you're living in pennsylvania or any nearby state if they're giving you free health care Sure. And I, I actually, uh, and we're talking to Doug Badger of the Heritage Foundation, I actually saw him uh, somewhere, and I heard him say, uh, he mentioned the undocumented immigrants, and he said that, um, that he wants to make sure he takes care of our uh, neighbors, and, he, and he, he blatantly said that he has no problem with taking care of them even though they're not here legally. He said that we want to take care of them, we want to welcome them here. It's amazing to me. They're 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 breaking the law. Yeah, and you 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 do have to think about this. Remember, a few years ago, Arizona was 
uh, helping to enforce immigration law, and the Supreme Court struck that down and yeah. said no immigration is a totally federal mm-hmm. activity, and the, and the states can't even even if the states enforce federal law, that's uh, unconstitutional. The, the 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 feds have to do it, but but now we have states and cities saying we're going to prevent the enforcement of federal immigration laws. We're going to give people benefits. Uh, We're going to shield them from federal law enforcement if they're here unlawfully. And somehow or other, that's constitutional. I I don't understand that. And um, here's the thing, Doug, uh, what what puzzles me, uh, it's because now, first of all, I've always felt that the the Democrats were always um, working toward universal health care. That's what they want. Everybody knows that, I think. Um, but it seems to me that what they've been saying lately, instead of saying universal health care, they say Medicare for all or Medicare. I guess Medicare, not Medicaid. Medicare for all. <clears throat> as if that's as easy as just to shift Medicare from people over 65 to everybody. Um, what's involved in that shift and, and why are they using why are they um, uh, stating it that way? Yeah, they're using Medicare for all because it polls well. Most people, uh, particularly seniors, have a favorable view of Medicare. And so the idea of Medicare for all, well, how could that be a bad thing? Well, start with the cost estimates. It would cost $32 trillion over uh, 10 years. Uh, And to give you the idea, even if we doubled all of the, the federal income taxes, that wouldn't be enough <laughs> to pay for uh, a $32 trillion increased uh, expenditure. So, um, you know, th- it's um, the, the, the idea here, just like the, the Affordable Care Act made mm-hmm. health care unaffordable, uh, the selling point is that everybody gets Medicare. It, wouldn't that be great? Uh, and then, again, as the details roll out and you find out what it's going to cost and what it's going to entail, um, I think people will get a little less enthusiastic about it. The other thing that they're selling, at least in New York, is that uh, this is going to be like the plan they have in San Francisco. And I guess the assumption uh, or the insinuation is that uh, it works in San Francisco, does it? Well, I'm not familiar enough with the San Francisco program to be able to to comment on it. But, you know, look, what we see in in, uh, the cities and so forth with public hospitals and some of the clinics and so forth uh, is not a model of health care for the nation. Most of us are accustomed, if we, we have health insurance through our work or uh, or we purchase it on our own, that we go to a private doctor, we go to private hospitals when we need care. Uh, that's, that's not the case with some, of these, uh, with some of these public programs. People on Medicaid have a heck of a time finding a dentist, have a heck of a time finding a medical specialist, uh, and even a, a, a general practitioner who will accept Medicaid because the, the payment rates are, are, are so low. So, you know, people get crowded into public hospitals and public clinics. Um, that's not what most of us think about when we think about health care. Unless you're thinking about the Soviet Union. You know, that's <laughs> that's the kind of, you know, going into a clinic. Um, it, and so we have a minute left, Doug. What's the uh, what is your solution to New I York? Let's just start with New York's problem. You forget the United States. Well, with New York's problem, I do think that a part of this is that the federal government puts so many rules in the Medicaid program and the ACA uh, that uh, the states have to conform to that these become very, very inefficient programs, very, very costly programs, bureaucratically difficult for the doctors who, who will take these patients and for the patients themselves. We think that, that one of the things we ought to do is take the money Washington is spending and give it to the states in a formula grant. They'll get a fixed amount of money, and then the states uh, can begin to design programs that work best for uh, for their citizens. Some states are going to do a pretty lousy job with it. Um, from the looks of things, uh, California might be one and New York might be another. But other states would be in a position with these new resources 
to design programs that are market-based and consumer-driven. And we begin to put doctors and patients back in the driver's seat. That's the way to drive down health costs. It's by competition and by increasing health care choices. I got about 20 seconds. What are the chances of that happening in, well, I'm, I'm kind of old, but in anybody's lifetime? Well, I think over the next two years, you're going to hear a lot about Medicare for All. You're going to hear, particularly in the 2020 presidential campaign, there's going to be a lot of talk about health care. I think if uh, the Republican uh, nominee, whether it's President Trump, as we assume, will will run again, if he will, uh, if we will focus on that idea of uh, returning uh, returning authority to the states to run consumer-driven programs, then the voters are going to decide: Do they want government-run health care or do they want consumer-driven health care? And I think uh, I think uh, that'll tilt very much in favor of consumer-driven health care. I hope so. Doug, thanks for being here. Appreciate it. Thank you, John. Have a great evening. You too. That's Doug Badger of the Heritage Foundation, and we will be right back. If your advisor or insurance rep is recommending an annuity, or if you're considering purchasing any retirement product, you should always get a second opinion. Make sure your decision's appropriate and cost-effective for your personal retirement situation. Call the Synergy Group before you move your 401k, IRA, or any other retirement account into an annuity or any financial product. Synergy Group has been helping Pittsburghers with hometown advice and services for 30 years. Don't just make a move. Be sure the annuity you're considering is a good move for you. Get a professional second opinion from Synergy Group, the local retirement professionals. Synergy Group, 800-321-7963. That's 800-321-7963. 800-321-SYNERGY. Investment advisory services offered through Global Financial Private Capital, LLC. Securities offered through GF Investment Services, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. Imagine your business being on the first page of a search engine like Google or at the top. What could that do for your bottom line? The answer is at Salem Surround. Digital marketing that surrounds your potential customers with your message wherever they engage, search, surf, socialize, or review. When they're on their computer, mobile phone, or tablet, your ad is there. When they attend a sporting event, conference, or concert, you're in front of them on their mobile device. When they walk into your competitor's store, your message entices them to visit you as well. Salem Surround takes the mystery of digital marketing off your shoulders, letting you run your business while we deliver customers. Now there are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround. Total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. Today's fluctuating interest rates can leave you with unexpected higher mortgage payments. At Quicken Loans, we've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates so you can buy a home with certainty. It's called Rate Shield, and here's how it works. With Rate Shield, you can lock your interest rate while you shop for a new home. So if rates go up, you don't have to worry. And here's the best part. If rates go down, you get the lower rate. With Rate Shield, we really have you covered. Here are more reasons why you'll want to work with America's largest mortgage lender. For nine years in a row now, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination. And for the fifth year in a row, they've also ranked us highest in the nation for mortgage servicing. Rate Shield. Another way we can save you money on your mortgage. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Based on Rocket Mortgage data in comparison to public data records. Racial approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender license in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. At the CMA Foundation, we believe every child should have the access and opportunity to participate in quality music programs. Music education isn't just important if you're going to make it your career. It helps boost student engagement and achievement across all academic subjects and helps children develop the abilities that set them up for lifelong success. Music has always been a huge part of my life. When I started taking clarinet lessons in sixth grade band, a whole world was open to me. 
I learned how to read music and play multiple instruments. From there, I sang in choir and learned about melodies and harmonies and chords and how to string them together to make this beautiful thing called music. The music education that I received as a student set me up for success as an adult, not just in my career, but in my life. Music is transformative, and I want to ensure that it's never silenced. Learn how you can help support music education at itstartswithme.org. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, every once in a while, I see something that makes me really happy that we won the Revolutionary War. <laughs> there, there are a lot of things that come out of the UK that begin there, and you wonder, you just, you hope that they don't head this way. Are you, uh, and a lot of them do. Are you ready for Janu-Harry? J-A-N-U-H-A-R-Y. It's similar to, actually it isn't, but it says here, it's similar to the social movement in November, which encourages men to grow mustaches to raise awareness of men's health issues, such as prostate cancer, blah, 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 suicide. January encourages women to embrace their body hair by growing it out throughout the month. This new craze, it says here, boy, I hope it's not a craze, was started by Laura Jackson, a drama student at the University of Exeter in the UK, after she noticed a difference in how she felt when she grew out her body hair for a role. Okay, I grew out my body hair for a performance as part of my drama degree in May 2018. There had been some parts that were challenging for me and others that really opened my eyes to the taboo of body hair on a woman. Anyway, she put her feelings into action. I realized there's still too, so much more for us to do, be able to accept one another fully and truly. So she thought of January, and to make a long story as short as I can possibly make it, only nine days into the month, the movement has taken off. There are 2,796 Instagram posts with the hashtag uh, January, January, featuring empowering selfies from participants. Uh, there's a picture here of a woman with really hairy legs. I, I, uh, and it's not, I don't know if it's empowering. But here's the thing, ladies. I got us some advice for you. If you're really tired of being bothered by men and you want men to leave you alone... Get on to this January bandwagon, because you'll never have any men bother you again. January. Please. I'll see you tomorrow. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.